Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans. You've seen our faces on TV. I'm not that old. Okay, whatever. You're interrupting me. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the paper. But our bosses would never allow our candid views on the air, so we've gone underground, altered our voices, adopted secret identities to bring you our unvarnished opinions about our favorite stocks in each week's Value Line Investment Survey. This week we look at the August 24, 2007 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. Uh, but first, a couple of disclosures. First, it seems obvious, of course, this is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not only. so sure that's all that obvious uh, at this and, point. Uh, you know, we, we probably uh, need to step up the obviousness Well, it of may that. not be actually entertaining. Right. People who listen know that. Anyway, at least we're, we're giving you the chance to turn the channel You know, right I think now. you're right. I don't think I'm drunk enough either. I'm not either. Anyway, mm. we haven't been drinking nearly enough today. Uh, but to some disclosures. But we first, have been drinking. First. That's disclosure. Listen, on with the one. show. www.thevalueguys.com. A lot of disclosures about who we are, our bios, etc. We're serious Wall Street analysts, but we have had to go underground. And we own the stocks generally that we talk about. We disclose that. But bear in mind, our lawyers tell us to tell you or, this is for entertainment or, or purposes Or we don't only. and know absolutely nothing about right, them. We and may, we try to identify the difference between the two. We often know very little But we might forget them. to. So. Now, this is the same candidate advice we give to our institutional clients during the week, except here we've been drinking. It's Friday afternoon. We've been getting together 25 years talking about stocks. Now you're in on it. I'm going to be back at the back half of the show to talk about uh, three stocks, uh, one of which I've never heard of, CompuWare, and then uh, A.J. Gallagher, which we have talked about before, and Novell, which I think is a, a layup. Anyway, with uh, very little ado, but some fanfare and a modest amount of uh, sound noise, I'm going to introduce a lot of stuff this week. Yawn. Burn value. Yawn. Sorry. Ding. Okay. And a little bit of an editorial comment there. I hope you can. Was there? Can you take some constructive criticism? Certainly. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tough issue All for right. me every quarter when this comes up because half of it is banks and financials. And, you know, they either always look cheap or they always they all look expensive and they all seem to trade together and well they're all selling the same thing money I, so I, I really have a I, problem I struggle a, a generally bit with uh, and it's computer software and the internet which of course go with banking yeah somehow perfectly oh yeah um, but I looked carefully through the financial services I diversified have industry yeah and uh, came up with a couple I actually have to give you credit. Oh. You came up with one of the two. Well, let's see if our listeners helping can figure out, out which one. Helping out a fellow oh, guy, okay. value guy. Value guy. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So first stock, symbol AMP, not AMP or Amphenol, gone, I guess, acquired by somebody, but Ameriprise Financial, which was spun out of American Express in October of 2005. What kind of bogus name is that? And I just offers, want to interject. Do you know how much money that probably costs million. for them to come Listen, up with Listen, I've that? been at firms that overpaid for names. How about we take American and Enterprise and smash Absolutely. it together? Right. American Express, American Enterprise. That was a million well, that would dollars. be copying. Let's meld the two words together, then it won't be so I know. obvious. There were meeting after meeting about Yawn. that. It probably no cost question. them $50 million. A million. No, honestly, Whew. a million. Uh, anyway, um, they offer financial planning, asset management, insurance, and services through network of more than... 12,000 financial advisors. So they're big. Okay. Um, $466 billion in owned, manages, managed, and administered assets. Yeah. Uh, excuse me if I'm slurring a little bit. Uh, <laughs> That's, I, I would mention again. Uh, our we, listeners understand we've that. We've been drinking. Okay. They've heard that okay. before. They've heard that before. 
Um, so the stock's down like 15% recently. I think it's a subprime casualty or at least an a early. A lot of casualties. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, oh, my God. They Maybe out with the bathwater. It's probably bigger than they're saying because it will turn out to be that way at some companies. That's particularly been a story in Europe, I think. But uh, well, People uh, are slowly writing stuff off. You're seeing value line, their subprime exposure is under 1% of total investments of $90 billion. Uh, measured against 108 billion of assets. Okay, so if I write believe that, that if I write that down by half, right, um, I'm talking about 900 million marked down, 450 million. I've got 236 million shares, so maybe a dollar eighty one-time hit. Okay, guess what? I've got uh, you know measured against debt on the balance sheet in a business where I have to have a lot of liquidity. I have $3.3 billion in cash assets. I have $3.2 billion of excess cash on the balance sheet. Well, we'll take $450 million of that, okay, and uh, we'll pretend that this is a cash charge, which, of course, it isn't. It's a non-cash charge. But we'll right. pretend it's a cash charge, okay. and we'll say that instead of the enterprise value being $12 billion using net debt, yeah. instead it's twelve point five. Right. Right. Absolutely. Okay. You just subtract about, the loss. You don't put an annuity million, on it. I have about $200 million of what um, uh, Value Line calls operating profit or EBITDA. Mm-hmm. So I'm still, instead of six times, I'm six and a half times. I'd right. say very moderate valuation for something that – Fifteen percent cash on cash. I have the, the gross cash flow here, six fifty to $7 against a $55 stock price, less than nine times. There's a dollar of CapEx, okay? I'm ten times – Free cash flow. I have a 10% cash yield. According to Value Line, cash flow growing at 8.5%. Mm-hmm. So I have 10% cash yield growing at 8% plus a 1% dividend. Mm-hmm. And it's 6.5 times operating income, at least one measure. I, I think there's uh, this is a very high quality asset. We have some questions about the brand. Well, they're not is, that levered, I guess, either. Their yeah, balance no, sheet's oh, no, pretty no, not decent. Not at all, yeah. yeah. And there probably been, you know, there's probably an element of uh, pressure on profitability short term as they try to build a brand. Right. So my guess is you have Some an opportunity ad expense, to that have additive return over time. So, I, you know, probably a longer term holding to get the full value out of the call. But AMP, uh, I, gotta, I don't know much about that. Check one. it out. Um, the other one is Leg Mason. You know, a terrific name, uh, originally a regional, uh, a regional business uh, based in Baltimore. Right. Symbol LM. Old line Dial firm. Line rates it a three. By the way, they have no rating on uh, Ameriprise because it hasn't been – it's only been public for two years and they – They wait a while. They, uh, they, yeah, they really want you to prove yeah. that you can be a firm for five or ten years before they will grace you with one of their uh, stock well, ratings. Something to look forward to. Yeah, that's something. it's upside, you know. It's a catalyst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Leg Mason – Global asset management firm, structures a holding company, uh, invest, investment management services to basically everybody. Um, not just the Leg Mason name and the Leg Mason family of funds, but also Royce & Associates. Great value buyer there. Right. Um, assets under management, um, as of the end of March, $968 billion, folks, almost a trillion dollars. So with the help of my colleague, uh, we penciled out um, that what um, – well, 60 bips earnings on yeah, a those guess. total assets. That's a guess. A mix of an equity and debt. One percent yeah. on equity and 20 bips on debt. Give us 60 bips. That's worth about five billion. 
times four is a multiple yeah, of revenue. That's a reasonable buyout number Takeout for number, investment advisors. billion. Current enterprise value, 12.7. Yep. 11.6 billion equity, a billion one of debt. There's also a billion one of cash. So it's really 11.6. Well, and then they have some commission business that you would be getting the thing for that's free. The interesting in effect. here is that they exited the cyclical. Um, sort of capital markets business, right? Sold to Stiefel Nicholas. Stiefel yeah. Nicholas is the name that is the, survive, the surviving name of that business. In fact, business. at Stiefel, so, I have a friend. I just want to say, hi, Mike. Okay. Anyway. In, in or he's not there anymore. Well, what I'm am saying, I saying? He's not too. there. He's not no, there. He's not there? Okay. No, he left. All right. Anyway, well, anyway, I'm an idiot. Okay. And you see it in Value Line. It's perplexing to me. This is a business, a, a, a research format or presentation format, where they traditionally do a great job of marking on the price chart so that you can't miss it, major transitions in the history of the business. But in this particular case, there's nothing in the footnotes really. There's nothing marked on the graph. But if you look at the from 05 to 06, revenue went from 2.6 billion to 4.3. And the share of revenue accounted for by commission business went from 14 to 82%. Yeah, they swapped a capital markets business to Stiefel, and then in addition to that, or sold it to them, I think they did a swap with Citibank between some brokerage and some investment advisory. I'm a little hazy on it, but there was some deal like that. And And they don't get into it here? No, on exactly what comprises today's (laughs) leg Mason. But I can't get away from the fact that they have a trillion dollars in assets and the market cap is a Yeah, and you still get Bill Miller. You get Bill Miller. Bill According Miller. to Value Line, the stock here at uh, around $86 um, against highs of 129 140 in 05 and 06, 110 earlier this year, sold off significantly. In fact, really underperformed the market since this transition occurred. That's true. And That's I think a part terrible of the problem chart has been, since that deal. Part of the problem has been underperformance in the equity products, significant equity outflows, that have been obscured by rising uh, asset values on the retained portfolio. Well, I'd throw in this, too. They, they sold, do have an they, international business that's apparently growing rapidly. They sold a uh, capital markets business right at the time when M&A and deal business went up, so they sold that wrong. And, uh, you know, maybe the street's just ignoring them right now until uh, you have a cyclical downturn in in, in deal business, and maybe that's coming up. That'd be a thesis. It's a 10% discount to market with a 16.5 multiple and 1% of yield and really, you know, takeout value that looks significantly higher in an industry that's consolidating and where, you know, this is affordable for larger players. I'm There's got to be at least some takeout potential here on top of what appears to be a distressed, penalized valuation based on execution since they made a major shift in strategy and made a very large acquisition, obviously. The revenue went up tremendously despite the divestiture, right? So in the swap, they they ended up with a totally different firm. I'm thinking this is a recovery story, and right now assets are on sale cheap. Undervalued. That's why I like it. Undervalued asset management. I, I would, you know, I'll just share with everybody that the stock that I was trying to work on was Parametric Technologies, PMTC, and came to the conclusion there was no way in the world I could recommend the stock. So, Oops. whatever that's worth. Ah, what have you. In any event, uh, my third name is one that we had some disagreement. Hmm. I, I'm not sure which one of us talked about it previously. I'm going on. Might have right been now. you. Might have been you. I don't remember. This is Mantech International. Symbol is M A N T over the counter. Rated a three by Value Line, raised the rating in August, so they they really have not liked it for a while. Um, at thirty three thirty six, recent price, 
uh, 1.03 relative multiple. So basically trading at market. The $33 stock price compares to projected revenue this year of $44 a share. So significant discount to revenue, something that we always look at for as an indicator of real value. Um, Decent-looking chart. This is a stock that's been making higher highs and higher lows um, since bottoming in 2004. And revenue really has done nothing here except grow fairly rapidly. There's no discussion here of um, uh, the size of the acquisitions they've done, but they have done deals in 05, 03, and 02. So I'm not sure how much of this is organic and how much of this is acquired. But um, they have uh, $1.1 billion equity market cap. Uh, shareholder equity is a half a billion, and they only have $133 million of debt. So it's, you know, sure they've made acquisitions, but they apparently have done them at such moderate valuations that uh, they have a cash-rich and under-leveraged balance sheet. So, okay, they bought it instead of growing it organically. I'm not sure I care a lot. Uh, the number has been accelerating recently. Um, on a free cash flow basis, it looks like a, around 15 times, which is a uh, bit of a premium to what we like to pay against free cash flow, but against something that's growing as rapidly as this has been with the kind of uh, uh, balance sheet structure it has, which gives us a latitude to pay a little more of a multiple. Well, and they look like they have some wind at their back in their industry. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I forgot to uh, cover what we're talking about here. Information technology services for the intelligence community, DOD, and other government agencies. Yeah, gaining Systems share of the economy. I mean, yeah, we're talking layup. about as uh, the government seeks and acquires uh, greater internal um, well, in external intelligence capabilities, they're going to need the systems to manage all of that data, which can be a huge task. And Mantech appears positioned to, to benefit from that, uh, made an acquisition uh, of some high-end, mission-critical advanced technology systems engineered for command control, communications, computers, intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance. Um, with $175 million of revenue, a three-quarter of a billion dollar backlog that they acquired for $195 million. So they were able to make a what appears to be moderately valued uh, acquisition as well. $1.2 billion enterprise value, about $120 million forecast EBITDA gives me a 10 multiple there. That's not too bad with um, my debt-to-total capitalization, cheap. you know, under 20%, basically. So they're showing uh, they're looking for very strong comps in terms of revenue and earnings growth, even beyond four quarters. So I know I'm taking out the acquisition impact at that point. Third quarter, fourth quarter of 08 be the numbers for you to look at if you're looking at Mantech in your uh, value line report. They're forecasting 15 17% revenue cash flow growth. So hmm. and my question is what's not to like here? I think this is... Uh, 15% revenue growth in 08, which is apparently organic. Um, I, you know, you probably need to do a little check and make sure there isn't hair on this that I'm not aware you of. You know, I'm looking but, here, uh, Vern. I don't see. I've got this. Uh, our XML code, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. if you load it into uh, Explorer, you get an index, uh, the index to the shows by ticker. And I don't see the ticker here, so oh, maybe we didn't maybe actually do it. Maybe we've looked yeah. at it and rejected it in the past. So, Well, the stock has, as I mentioned, has, uh, what, it peaked early this year around 38. It's down about 15% from there. Also made a $38, $39 high earlier last year, $33 high the year before. So, um, you know, the stock is, for something that's growing as rapidly as this is, um, and comparing past revenue multiples, which have generally been one and above, with the below one revenue here, I think uh, 
I think it looks fairly attractive. And, uh, Outstanding, Vern. With that, I uh, All right. I'm prepared to uh, kick back, relax, okay. and enjoy. Let's have a toast. The uh, carefully crafted arguments of my comrade in. Uh, I'm so poorly prepared this week. Ooh. Cheers. Oh, that nice clank. Yeah. I wish this were just a bit stronger. Values. That's all I want to Values. say. Thank you, everybody. Okay. This week, I've done very I'm little have a work. snack now, okay? Enjoy. You, Enjoy. you carry on without to, me. I'm going to get busy here with the, with the listeners. Okay. Get We've, busy. Okay. I want to thank you. Um, all right. This is the good part of the show, everyone. Hopefully, you fast forward to this part of the show. Um, I'm just going to go in order. This is a tough week for me. I didn't see a lot I liked. Uh, in the banking area, and even in software, I found, you know, the markets discovered that area. Things aren't so cheap there as they were, I think, last go-around on these names. Uh, but let me just wade right in. Page 2195, a little something called CompuWare. C-P-W-R is the ticker. Value line rates at 3. It's $8.60, which already means not a lot of people are looking at it because it's got an embarrassingly low single-digit stock price. Um, but, you know, what do I like about it? Cash flow per share projected for 08, 95 cents. The stock's at 860. That's less than 10 times. I look down at return on total capital. They're coming up on 15%. That's very respectable. Uh, I see an operating margin moving into the 20% range. That tells me there's something going on proprietary. I don't know anything, but I know a couple of things already. Then I look over on the left. Debt, none, okay? I like that. No debt. That's perfect. It means they can make a ton of mistakes, and uh, the bankers can't uh, take them into the woodshed. Then I look at their common shares. Look at this. They've been taking their common share count down for one, two, three, four, five years. 385 million shares in 03. 275 million projected for next year. So, at these cheap stock prices, uh, they're buying box, back stock, which looks it's to about me a like a 30 percent reduction. Yeah, and and they're and they're doing it at uh, pretty decent prices. The stock's been going up this whole time, so every purchase they've made, at least for shareholders, has been smart, and uh, they seem to know when to buy their stock, and they keep buying their stock. Uh, they've got uh, about a buck and a half. Uh, per share on the balance sheet. Value line has them projected to grow in the 20s on earnings, and they're under times, they're under 10 times cash flow. Well, what do these guys do? I don't know. Let's learn together, okay? CompuWare Corporation <laughs> develops. This is interesting. Let's, let's hey, learn together. Yeah, let's learn together. Software products and provides professional you, services for programmers and analysts. These words are coming directly from Value Line. Don't sue us, anybody. Uh, and analysts in the mainframe software testing implementation market. Well, I know one thing. I own a couple of stocks in this testing area. And the cost of making mistakes, the cost of losers, the cost of screwing up on stuff is getting so expensive between time loss to market, legal, and not to mention write-offs, et cetera, that you want to pay up to make sure you don't make mistakes. So these testing companies are doing great. They're getting annuities. There's more and more models coming out. So companies are throwing more different models at the market to make sure something works. That means more testing, et cetera. That probably explains why their margins are going up, why their returns are going up. And the fact that uh, well, that sounds like they're working awfully hard to me. Well, it's 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 also about pricing. A lot of these companies were run by engineers who just said, "Hey, if we can just work in a fun place and make stuff, that's great. We don't need to make money." And there's a whole new generation of management going uh, wrong. We're going to price to the buyers perceived value, and that's an ROI decision on the buyer's books. And testing works out very well on this model because it's just engineers who don't need a lot of money 
thinking about stuff and then buying it and making it out of metal and silicone and all that, which is cheap. So these engineering companies that are run by marketing guys start to see improvement, and that's what's happening here in my opinion. Uh, CompuWare, CPWR, testing equipment. Uh, now, they, they, they lost a big contract, I should mention. The stock's down right now. They lost a big contract. The street gets worried about that as if, you know, they've never lost a big contract, as if they'll never get another big contract. Uh, there's some restructuring going on. They're going to pull, you know, $100 million of expense out. That's 50 cents a share at 10 times. That's 5 or 8 bucks at 13 times in value. So there's a lot of upside here just in cost reduction. And, uh, you know, estimates have come down recently. That scares the street. That's another reason the stock's down. But, you know, Value Line themselves go on to say this is a, a decent stock over a long period of time. Well, that's what we do. We invest over a long period of time. So CPWR, CompuWare, I'm a buyer, page 2195. Unless we get lucky and don't need to. Right. This is entertainment purposes only, by the way. I just want to remind you. Okay, page 2154. There's no implied warranty or... Although, uh, I'm going to take a look at the stock, and I'm not kidding, everybody. I don't own it. It's CompuWare. All right, here's one I do own, A.G. Gallagher, ticker AJG, page 2154. These guys are just old-fashioned insurance brokers. Uh, my theme on this is simply that insurance coverage grows faster than GDP, and that's because people who get wealthy get scared of losing their wealth, and they insure stuff. We're in a negative cycle right now for pricing. Uh, because a lot of capacity... It's been going on for five years? Well, this has been going down. It's a lot of consolidation. I think I recommended this recently, and what's happening right now is that the thesis I had that their stock was going to allow accretive acquisitions, that's happening. Uh, they've been making some. Earnings are going up. There is a 4% yield that's covered, and my thesis simply is, is that um, not only is insurance growing faster than... GDP, but these guys are gaining share in a consolidating market. Pricing is down right now. You're getting an opportunity to buy the stock, but the industry is consolidating. Pricing power is going to improve. These guys all had to get over that hurdle when Elliot Spitzer came after uh, AIG and shut down these uh, contingent commissions and all that. You had to work through that. I mean, basically, you took away a piece of your sales pitch to the market. That's all being reconfigured with new contracts, new language, etc., slowly coming back. And I think this one is uh, a put-away. A.G. Gallagher, insurance brokerage, it's a complete no-brainer. Uh, page Come on, 2154. They, Are you kidding me? It's done nothing except underperform in linear fashion for five years. How can you be uh, so well, certain that we're at a bottom? I'll tell you. I'm not sure. I absolutely don't understand if we're at a bottom. Well, I'm I don't just mean, telling you I know you're not there's certain. value here. There's okay. value here. Right. This is going down on a relative basis in a market that many people think is unsustainably is, growing. Is management the stock entrenched price, here? Huh? Is management entrenched? Yeah. Well, officers mm. and directors own 2%, but the stock... The company is run by Patrick Gallagher, the grandson of the founder, and he, you know, uh, listen, he's doing some things to create, they're getting increasingly getting monopoly power, monopoly pricing powers two or three years away, uh, in my opinion, and uh, that's why you buy it now. I might, I might also go with the idea that uh, if that kind of relative performance continues in the current, current kind of litigious environment that we live in, that eventually for change will be forced on management here if necessary to well, this, find value this chart for is basically a function in my opinion of not a lot of deals 
and uh, these constraints on the selling process that had been in place for 100 years. So guys came in and said, listen, the way you've been doing business for 100 years, you can't do it anymore. And they're slowly figuring yeah, okay. it out. All right. That's well, all. You, That's you all. own it. So listen, you're, I own you're it. quite credible on I it. Own AJG. It. I, I'm not making money in it right now, but no. I will be. Yeah. Okay, finally, Novell. Uh, ticker NOVL, page 2212. I own this with real money. And uh, this one is, uh, and I bought it very cheap. If you look at the chart, you know, this I paid about two for this. So, you know, it, it, it got into the, the peak on the stock was 45 in 2000. They were a darling in the bubble. I mean, I wouldn't touch this thing. It got left for dead in 02, and their cash was worth more than the stock. We bought it, and we kind of ridden around. The thesis on Novell is simply this. The stock is at six fifty-two. They've got $5 a share in cash. They seem to have some sort of annuity on the old Netware operating system for networks, which was the original operating system to run, uh, you know, distributed networks in a business before Microsoft had a product. They were there with Netware. There's still this legacy business, and it looks to me like they make about $70 million on that a year based on these numbers, operating margin, 7% on a billion dollars. That's $70 million times 10, $700 million. There's 365 million shares. That's $2 a share, $5 in cash. That's $7. And then they're spending 17% of sales. That's $170 million a year on R&D that they could add back to earnings, et cetera, but they don't because they're trying to invent something. They've got some type of uh, long-time agreement with Microsoft. They're involved in selling Linux products and Linux network and enterprise products that are gaining share. And, uh, you know, it looks like they have a reasonably bright future based on their relationship with Microsoft and their link up with Linux operating systems, which is, is gaining share. They're not earning a lot of money right now. They're spending a lot of money on R&D. Uh, legacy products are, you know, in uh, retrenchment. Um, but, uh, you know, they got basically uh, net debt-free. They got this uh, $17 billion eight in cash and debt of $600 million. So they're net cash of a billion one, which is three bucks net. And uh, they're out inventing stuff right now. They've been uh, buying a little bit of stock back, not a lot. How many shares? There's a lot of shares. That's a problem. There's 365 million shares. Times three. So I got a billion one. What are you working at? I'm trying to come up with enterprise value and compare it to a cash flow number. Well, enterprise value here is uh, seven times. It's about two billion. Plus, you got six hundred million dollars in debt. That's two point six minus a billion seven. So you got nine hundred million okay. in enterprise what do you value. Have for, what do they say? Can, and cash you got flow about seventy uh, seventy million in operating cash. For, I want to know what cash flow per share is. Well, I'm saying it's seventy million. Ah, okay. Yeah. Per share. Yes, seventy million per share. Yeah. Okay. No, no, twenty cents. Ah, okay. Right. So I've got like about a buck or something, and I've got. I mean, it. If if you just look at the multiple on uh, operating well, income, it's well under ten times. So it's well under ten. You've, you've got a cash and you on have cash a, return and you've here got a lot of cash. Mid teens. You. I mean, the, what you have here you a lot of room is you have a free call on a bunch of scientists trying to hook up with Linux and Microsoft, and if that doesn't work out. You haven't lost anything, and there's no leverage here, so you don't get whipped surprisingly. You can watch this quarter to quarter and see how it's going. But I have a bet on Novell. I own it lower, but I'll tell you, I'm not selling it. I like it right here. So that's Novell, N-O-V-L, page 2212. And I think Novell's probably my favorite this week. This is our 
tell everyone your favorite part of the show. So I'll just go first. Novell, N-O-V-L, Novell, page 2212. What do you got? I'm going with Leg Mason, L-M, with... no takeout premium here that there probably ought to be one. Uh, but I got to tell you, I'm torn. I like Mantech, M-A-N-T, a lot as well. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, thanks, everybody. Yeah, we'll thank everybody for being with us this week, and we'll uh, – Oh, by the way, I just want to say something quickly. Uh, quickly now. Hey, send us an email. We're answering every email. Come to our website, www.thevalueguys.com. Write to me at val at thevalueguys.com, or vern is vern at thevalueguys.com. Let us know what you're thinking. Keep in touch, and we'll see you next week, everybody. Take care.